It's Monday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're going to address the James Daniel rumor that was floated around by NFL executives as, as if the Steelers are considering trading him. We'll talk about that. Also, how draft ch- plans might change if certain players are picked on the first round. And of course, Mock Draft Monday, where we pick one of your mock drafts, right, to be talked about here on the show. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. More on that later. Happy Monday, everybody. We hope everyone had a great Easter weekend. Uh, I'm As you can see, if you're watching here on YouTube, I'm not in my home. I'm actually on the road. I'm out in Miami right now. And I want to sit, give a shout out to my best friend, AJ, Arthur Hawkins III, and his new wife, Dion Callender, who is now... Dion Hawkins, thanks so much for having us at your wedding. It was a great time to be there and celebrate it with you down here in Florida. Now, let's get right into this episode. I've got to address a rumor that kind of spread around at the late, late end of last week. I didn't want to address it too much because I just felt like this doesn't carry that much weight, but it's been picking up steam just with more people considering the possibility here. But this rumor coming out of an article from The Athletic, it was not necessarily from uh, Mark Caboli or uh, Mike DeFabo, both who we've had on the show, but just a general report from around the league where NFL execs were talking about different teams and how they did in free agency. Now, in this report, and the, the reports from the other execs were that a lot of execs approved of how the Steelers handled their, their offseason. They signed a lot of valuable players for very cheap to uh, reasonable prices, and they leveled out a lot of holes in their rosters. so now that they can kind of attack the draft. A lot of what we've been saying on this very show all offseason. But there was the rumor in, in here that talked about the potential of James Daniels being traded uh, or released by, 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 by the start of the season. And that, of course, turned some heads. The quote that was put in the article said it seemed like they were just plugging holes cheap so that they could draft guys that they want. They made they, they have made no mistakes. They've been very safe, which is the MO of their franchise as a whole. And that's the case. But the wondering here about James Daniels was noting the eight point two five million dollars hit on the salary cap. Uh, James Daniel being at being at right guard, Samalo at left guard. But they have Herbig and they have Dotson. And the question is, could they move on from him or move him to center now? I, I get that there's some concern there, and that might just be someone just kind of kicking up a stone there just to kick up a stone because that does happen. Agents leak things about their players. Coaches and execs say things just to see if it can spark a conversation or get something to go their way. You never know where that could be coming from. But I'll tell you this. The Steelers value James Daniels. 
I don't see him going anywhere unless someone comes calling for a really big offer. And who knows? Maybe the Steelers themselves are willing to put this out there because maybe they think there's someone out there that wants to pay up, up with a big draft pick to bring in a James Daniels. And who knows? Maybe they pick up a day two draft pick, a second or third round pick, and someone really likes him. Because as we said here all during the season, James Daniels was their best offensive lineman. We did our grades. He was the guy I graded the highest. I believe I gave him a B plus to an A minus somewhere in that range. He was consistent. He wasn't always dominant, but towards the end of the season, he became dominant. He became their most consistent player along with Mason Cole and really helped solidify that right side with Chikumura Core for as well. Now, for James Daniels, a guy who in his time with the Chicago Bears for the years that he before he came to the Pittsburgh Steelers, he played all three interior positions. He started off at left guard, transitioned to center for a little bit, then transitioned to right guard. And that's where he found his home in 2021 for the Bears, which led him to being signed in 2022 for the Steelers. And he looked really good at right guard for the Steelers. I don't see a reason why the Steelers would want to move on from that. I don't care that they signed Isaac Samalo and Nick and, and Nate Herbig, and they still have Kevin Dotson. I think that that James Daniels and Samalo could be a really good one-two punch at your guard position while you have Mason Cole as a steadying guy in between them, unless you go draft a John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, who we talked about last week. And I think that would be a, you'd get a really good player at that rate. I don't know if the Steelers would do that because I think that they see other needs on their roster. And I think they really like, um, uh, I think they I think they really like Mason Cole right now as, as far as that steadying presence in his late 20s, and he's fine there. Uh, but by and large, I think that James Daniels uh, is respected across the team. I don't think there's anybody that has a problem with him. And I think that if there's if there's a, a question as far as where he fits, maybe someone does move him to center. They notice, you know, as Mike Tomlin says, they like guys who can play multiples instead of saying versatile, you know, being versatile. He talks about playing multiples. But James Daniels, he has experience at center. Now, I don't think that it would be wise to uproot something that, that, that was really positive for you last year unless you see a clear upgrade. Maybe they try something in training camp. And if James Daniel blows up the center position and is, is like, whoa, that guy's killing it. Maybe they do make that move. And then maybe that opens up the door for them to draft another interior offensive lineman. Remember, the Steelers are still looking at those type of guys. They've talked to John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota. They've talked to Osiris Torrance, who some people say might be the best guard in this NFL draft class. Those type of things are on the table for the Steelers. And this is what an organization should do is to leave no stun unturned. But all that being said, I don't think that a trade is re- is, is reliable, is, is something that I would rely upon to happen with James Daniels unless something extreme happened. Like they, they, you know, they landed Osiris Torrance and John Michael Schmitz and they were just like, well, we're just overloaded at interior offensive line. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that if they're double dipping in an area, it's probably cornerback, maybe offensive tackle in this draft class. I just don't see interior offensive linemen with the additions they've already made in this offseason being something that would spur to lead to James Daniels leaving it's something to kind of just take a note put it away somewhere put it up on a bookshelf and then just remember if this conversation ever comes up again like okay so there was some some meat on that bone but to me I I think this is one of those just another one of those things where someone some exec somewhere just threw something out there hoping that it would catch fire and then maybe something would happen that would benefit them to whatever their plan is but as far as you as a Steelers fan I wouldn't pay much attention to this until we hear some actual fire from the organization or from James Daniels himself. All that being said, we got to get to some draft talk because that is what this time of the year is about. The draft, we're what, less than 
three weeks away, getting cra- getting crazy close here. We'll get a lot of talk, and we have still have our mock draft, our mock draft Monday winner at the end of the show that we'll go over. But we have a question uh, from one of our callers that we'll get to in just a little bit here to talk about uh, how the Steelers are going to handle the first round. Also, we did our locked on mock draft here that we did. We'll get to that at some point with the whole channel where all of the teams chimed in on who we would pick if we were our organization or who we think our organization would pick. All that will get talked about soon right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But before we do any of that, got to talk to you guys because one of our great sponsors is BetterHelp. And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is a place where you can go where, as you know, life can be full of twists and turns. There's a lot of challenges that that come through it. And even when you meet those challenges, sometimes it helps to have some self-reflection and someone, a professional to help you reflect on the things that you've overcome or that you're still dealing with or you need to deal with down the road. The best chance to do that is BetterHelp Online Therapy, which will assess your needs and can help you match with a licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's not professional therapy done securely. It's just it is professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist with therapy. It can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And they have a special offer for our listeners right now. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. And that's 10% your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get back into some of these questions. We talked about the James Daniels rumor. That's done with now. Let's get back to some draft talk here because we got some draft questions here, and this one's from our man, Jay. It's funny. I'm out here in Florida, and Jay's from Florida. Steeler Nation is everywhere. Here's Jay's question that involves the Steelers' plans on NFL Draft Day. Hi, Chris. This is Jay from Panama City, Florida. Long-time listener of the show. Really love your show. Keep up the good work. Um, I've got a question for you about our pick at number 17. Um, if all of those top guys were to go, all the top guys that we're looking at, Christian Gonzalez, Devon Witherspoon, Julie Porter Jr., all the tackles were at those top three. If they were all to go and we were left with, you know, uh, Miles Murphy or Lucas Vanette, you know, out of Iowa, would you look at either one of those guys? Do you have um, kind of your eye on one of them? Anyways, love the show. Have a good one. Thank you, Jay, for your question. As always, you can call in 412-223-6644. If you call that number, you'll reach our hotline. You can leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute, and we'll try to get your question on the show. Thank you, Jay, for the, for uh, being a fan of the show and for calling in. And it's a good question because the Steelers, this has kind of been the golden question. We don't know if the Steelers' situation will play out where they will – get uh, where they'll be able to get one of the two top positions and one of the top three players at either of those two top positions that we think are a big needs and where they can get the right value for. Now, to, again, to confirm, if you're talking cornerback, you're talking Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois, uh, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, or Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State and son of former Steeler Joey Porter. For offensive tackle, we're talking Broderick Jones out of Georgia. We're talking Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. And we're talking Paris Johnson Jr. 
out of Ohio State. So that's six players that you keep in your eye on. But those are also three, three, uh, three players in each position in two positions where they are highly valued in the first round. And they can make a run at it. And I'll give you a sneak peek into how things played out in the Locked On mock draft that we did just this past week. I won't tell you who I picked, but I will tell you that one of those six players fell to the Steelers in that mock draft, and I took them with the 17th overall pick. Now, you got to watch that mock draft that will eventually be coming out, and we'll let you know when it does fully come out. It's going to come out soon on this Locked On Podcast Network, but it did play out that way. But let's talk about Jay's uh, scenario here. Let's say all six are taken, which is a very real possibility. We've talked about that a lot on this show. Miles Murphy or Lucas Van Ness. Now, mind you, I think that also in the play here is a trade down scenario where, you know what, one of those key positions isn't there. Let's get more day two value. Let's trade back six or seven slots. And it was funny during that mock draft, I entertained the possibility of training, of trading back with a few different partners to pick up some extra picks and see how that would work out. But we didn't do that because one of those players was there. But let's again, let's talk about these two different players. Now, Miles Murphy was a guy who coming into this year, a lot of people had a lot of high value on. He's 21 years old, 6'5", 258, uh, or 275 when he was when he was playing. Uh, but he 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 is a freakish athlete when he was playing for Clemson. He dealt with an injury that kind of you know slowed things down a little bit um, and made him not as much of the desired uh, product that you look at there. But as an edge rusher. This could be an interesting pick here for the Steelers because he would be, you know, he'd, he'd be able to bring the power. He'd be able to bring there. He'd also be probably, you know, immediately thrust into that rotation with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. And I, I like the idea of, of, of that, um, you know, that, that, that'd be interesting there to throw in that rotation. But here's the thing. If you draft Miles Murphy in the first round, I highly doubt that you sign Alex Highsmith to a long-term contract. I also highly doubt that you then also sign Bud Dupree in free agency, which we will get to on another day because we've talked about it before. But maybe there's uh, we'll have some time to update that situation as far as how free agency is playing out. But for Miles Murphy, I think that a first-round edge is tough because you already have TJ Watt. You have Alex Highsmith, the question if you know if you want to pay him. I think that this team needs to start balancing other factors on, on their roster. And the factors can be right next to them, an interior defensive lineman, which is why I think Lucas Van Ness could be the pick here because also Lucas Van Ness can bump to the outside and help you there. Again, back to Mike Tomlin's favorite term of multiples. And he wants to be in, in him getting guys who can be versatile and be slotted in at different positions. I think that was part of the allure with DeMarvin Leal. But Lucas Van Ness is another guy who is a freakish type of athlete. He's a guy who's been able to, to play inside, play outside, be, um, be, be effective. And when I, when I look at how he's played, I've seen a guy who has the, the, the athleticism, the length of the arms, uh, the size to be a, to, to be a threat at so many different, in so many different ways. Uh, again, this is a guy who's 6'5", 272, tested really well. Um, and yeah, he played for Iowa and he didn't, wasn't a, you know, in a, in a full-time starter all the time, but he was a guy who I think a lot of people look at and they say, man, he's going to fit in the NFL. And again, an interior defensive line where the Steelers do need youth at that position. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, those guys are in their prime. They're going to be good for several more years. Cam Hayward, Probably got another two years at best if you're looking at him being being really good. Uh, Larry Okunjobi just signed to a three-year deal. He'll be fine. But I think the Steelers would like to have younger guys in that mix who can be pass rushers and run stuffers. And it's also important to remember it takes time 
for linemen to kind of get to their prime, right? Cam Hayward, you know, as much as Steelers fans loved him, he didn't become a superstar type of interior defensive lineman until like his mid to late twenties. It took them, it took him some years to get there. Stefan too, at the same thing. And he never got to the level that Cam Hayward's at, but that's when he started to pick up ground and then he could be, he could build, build some consistency. I also think that's the same thing with some of the Steelers offensive linemen like Jakumu Okorafor, who I think has been solid, but we haven't seen the best versions of him yet. And I think that if you, if you draft another young interior defensive lineman, like a Lucas Van Ness, a guy who can play that position, he can fill out, get stronger. And then, towards the end of his rookie contract and towards the end of DeMarco Leal's rookie contract, rookie contract, they could be filling in with their strength, getting stronger and, and adjusting to being dominant interior defensive linemen for the NFL. And that could be the Steelers, the position the Steelers want to be in for the long run there. And if they could have, again, by that time, you're probably thinking TJ Watt, he's kind of entering in that Cam Hayward status where he'd probably have be re-signed to a big deal uh, to keep him around for a bit longer. And he's st- probably still effective, but maybe not as effective as he is right now. Alex Highsmith, I think, could be more so in the prime of his prime and playing really well. And if, he, if, they, if they're paying to keep him around, that could be another thing there. Or they've also drafted another edge at that point because – they want to get younger at that position. But that's why I think Lucas Van Ness is a sweet spot for the Steelers at 17 if they didn't want to trade down and if they wanted to work in a way that allowed them to still move in other directions and get other positions later on. Interior defensive lineman, I still think, is an important part of the Steelers thing. Now, I, I will say there's probably some people out there saying, well, what about Brian Brzee out of Clemson? I, I think that Brzee has kind of pushed himself to be more of a – a, a, a much later first and a, or a early second round pick just with his testing and measurables. I, I think he didn't come out as the do- dominant defensive line prospect measurable wise that the Steelers could use if they drafted in the 17th, him at 17th overall. That's just my perspective there. I'm no, I know there's a lot of people out there probably screaming, what about Kalaja Kansi? And listen, I'm a big Kalaja Kansi proponent. I've covered him uh, for for years at Pitt, for the past uh, all three of his years where he was playing for the Panthers, he's I think he's going to be an effective guy in the NFL. I'll tell you, in our mock draft, he actually went top ten, top eight even in the NFL. In that NFL, in our mock draft, people are excited about him. I don't even think he's going to fall to the Steelers, but I also think that works in the Steelers' favor because as Electric, I think he'll be. They want bigger, longer defensive linemen, guys who can use their size to not just stuff the run and, and rush the passer, but also to keep the linebackers clean. And I think Kalijah Kansi is more of a guy who's going to win his one-on-ones and be a disruptor in the backfield. That's what he did for Pitt very well. He took on double teams pretty well at Pitt, but not in the same way that some of these bigger guys, I think, will naturally be able to. And again, that's not a knock on Kalijah Kansi. I think, again, he's going to be a heck of a player. Just it doesn't. I don't think he fits with what the Steelers like to draft at interior defensive line. But that's where Lucas Van Ness is. He has the size. He has the, he has the athleticism. Um, he can float around a little bit. You can play him a little bit more outside, a little bit more inside. And he seems like a, a guy who can be coached to adjust to those different things. And even if he's not right there right now and is not an immediate contributor and game changer, I think he can be a really good part of the rotation and maybe even an inspiring part of the rotation and then eventually become that game changer the same way, you know, Cam Hayward and some of the the other defensive linemen and offensive linemen have grown to be over time. So all that being said, Jay, I think that if I was to take between those two, I'd go for Lucas Van Ness. I just think that Miles Murphy with his injury and, you know, with the need more so being interior defensive line, I think that he would be more of a luxury pick at edge rusher, which 
I, you know, if he turns out to be another superstar edge rusher, great. Then you don't have to pay Alex Highsmith. Uh, you know, it'd be sad to see him go, but it, you know, I think it'd be really interesting to see a, a really powerful rotation of edge rushers. We talked about the potential of signing Bud Dupree, and if you had uh, Watt, Highsmith, and Dupree as an edge rusher, I mean, as a set of edge rushers, I mean, what if you had those, you know, Watt? Highsmith and Murphy that certainly that certainly would be exciting I just don't think that that's in the cards for how they're building this year out but again might not even come to that it might come down to being getting it being able to get one of those tackles or one of those corners also might come down to maybe trading back but I challenged you guys to go get one of those corners one of those corners and do it however that you saw fit in your mock draft Mondays Remember, there's all those rules that I post on Twitter and Facebook when I uh, when I post the rules for mock draft Monday, this week's rule was drafting a cornerback in the first round. You could trade up, trade down, stay put. No matter what you do, you got to do it. And I think that's uh, we're going to get to just who won that this past this past weekend with their mock draft. We'll do all that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, before we go anywhere, want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at. FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is America's number one sports book, and you're going to want to capitalize on their no sweat first bet available right now, which gets you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And with Major League Baseball back, this is a great time to try FanDuel.com right now. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can sign up to claim your no sweat first bet. You can bet on whether Aaron Judge hits a home run in his next game. You can bet on how many strikeouts Shohei Otani throws in in a game. There's so many ways to play, including betting on your Pittsburgh Pirates right here in the city of Pittsburgh, who've had a decent start to the season uh, coming coming out of the gates. But all in all, this is an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every more moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, and again, it is Mock Draft Monday, which means we're going to announce our winner, and again, the theme was to draft a cornerback in the first round. Didn't care how you do it, did it, but make it reasonable, explain it to me, and then and then build your, your draft around that, because remember, it's not just drafting the right cornerback in the first round, it's then going back and then building on top of that, of that with how you base your other picks, because if the Steelers draft a corner in the first round... I've said they might double dip there, but they're probably going to wait to double dip so that they can get an offensive tackle somewhere in the second round or a linebacker or a defensive lineman or a tight end or any of those mixes. And so I was challenging to see who could put together some really good lists. And there were a lot of you all that did a great job putting together some lists. But this week's winner was one of our longtime listeners. Thiago Fernandez, congratulations, Thiago. You you had a really interesting slate of picks here that hit on a lot of players who I've talked about on this show. First and foremost, stayed put, and you got Joey Porter Jr. at 17th overall. I I know that there's some hype out there about Joey Porter Jr. not having ball skills. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. The more I look at his tape, I think there's some times that he could be a little bit sharper in his footwork and being in the right position to make plays in the ball. But I think part of the issue that he didn't make plays in the ball is because people weren't throwing it his way because he was so often in position to challenge a play. And he has the right kind of size to challenge receivers up and down the field. So you stayed home. You got Joey Porter Jr. with the 17th overall pick. But this was why I picked you, Thiago, for your picks here, because you did some interesting trickery in the second second round right here. 
you went and, and you traded that 32nd overall pick, which we have talked about a lot on this show. With if the Steelers home at 17, or they even trade up and they somehow keep that 32nd overall pick, that pick, as soon as that 31st pick by the Chiefs comes in, and the, and the, the first day ends of the NFL draft, and the lights go down in Kansas City, and then everything happens, there are going to be teams on the phone with the Steelers looking to get Nolan Smith or looking to get this guy or this guy or that guy. And they're going to be aggressive and it'll give the Steelers a chance to get more draft picks. And we've talked about the importance of landing more day two picks in the second and third rounds of the NFL draft, because that is a sweet spot in this draft where there are a lot of talented players who could be turned into long time. I think really either good developmental pieces or even pillar pieces for franchises. So, Thiago used that 32nd pick overall, as long with a 7th round pick, to trade with the Panthers, getting a getting another 2nd round pick back in exchange. So, basically trading down 7 spots at 39 overall with the Carolina Panthers. Then, picking up a 3rd round pick at 93 overall, while also picking up a 4th round pick at 132. So, what he did here, trades back 7 spots in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, the second round. I also think... Some people might be looking at this as like, is that realistic? I think that if someone is thirsty at 32, that is one of the one positions where I think that you can catch a team being being thirsty and being a little bit extra to go and get a player that they were surprised fell so far in the NFL draft. And that could very well happen with the Carolina Panthers as they're probably going to be drafting a quarterback early and they may want to get him another weapon, a, a pass protector, whoever. So. Again, trading back seven spots. Let's get to the rest of Thiago's picks here. Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. If you know me, you know I love that pick. I think Jack Campbell might be the best linebacker prospect of this draft class. The more I watch his tape and the more I go over his, his abilities to play the run, use his six-foot-five frame, and, use, and also be able to help in coverage. His instincts come off very well. He comes off like a leader. If he falls to 39, 39 like this, I think that'd be a great spot to take him. Heck, I think if Thiago stayed home at 32, he'd still be worth the pick there. Then, with the 49th overall pick, which is the Steelers' natural second-round pick, Thiago went and got Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle out of Syracuse. If you listen to the show, you know I'm a Matthew Bergeron fan. I don't think he's an elite tackle, but I think that he is a very good prospect who could come in, challenge Dan Moore Jr., and maybe even take his spot in his rookie year. But if he didn't, he'd be close to, to doing that, I think, very soon. I think that he's a guy that has a lot of upside. I liked him in the senior bowl. I like the clips that I've seen of him. I think that he could really become a really good offensive tackle. And maybe even can he pick his left tackle to finish off that picket fence for now and kind of form put together the guys who are going to be the primary protectors for, uh, for picket in the coming years. Now, let's move to the third round. This is also where I think, uh, Yago, you got in your bag and you started cooking a little bit because you went with the 80th overall pick and you got my man Keanu Benton, the defensive lineman out of Wisconsin. I love Keanu Benton, loved him at the Senior Bowl, loved his highlights. He's big, he's physical. I, I liked talking to him at the Combine. Seemed like he had a really good head on his shoulders. He knew what he was thinking about. He knew what to say, what not to say. He comes off like a guy that would be a Steeler, and the Steelers have definitely talked to him, both in his top 30 visit and both at the Combine. He is a really good dude. I think that he is going to – to me, he's my sweet. Like, I'm not going to guarantee too many first-round picks. I think that, you know, Joey Porter Jr., obviously, he falls to 17. I think he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, but I think a bunch – there's a bunch, there's a lot of scenarios that can play out there. I think the Steelers will do it, make a concerted effort to make Keanu Benton a Pittsburgh Steeler, unless someone jumps way, jumps way at him way earlier than they expect. I don't think that he's a first round pick, but I think that once you get to that second round range, 
49 even might even be Keanu Benton. I don't know if he falls to 80, but uh, I think there's some there's some draft uh, uh, simulators out there that still haven't fallen that far. If he's happy, he has him, pick him there because I think that he'd be just fine even at 49. Anyways, let's move on with Diago's picks here. Um, with that extra third round pick at 93 overall, you get KJ Henry, an edge rusher prospect. Now let's go back to the scenario we were talking about. Let's say they don't land on Miles Murphy. Let's say that they don't get a, a Lucas Van Ness who can flex out to there. KJ Henry is a guy who could come in, and even if you sign Bud Dupree, like let's say let's say the Steelers go through this and like you know what we like KJ Henry as a future prospect, but we don't want to have to rely on him on being the first guy off the bench. He can be the second guy off the bench, and he can be a guy where you have a rotation where it's TJ and Alex Highsmith working together and then when they need a breather you have Bud and the rookie KJ and then you're in there or you could have TJ and KJ eventually which I think a lot of people would get a kick out of because you know Steelers fans and their names but bottom line KJ Henry a solid middle round prospect who I think could end up working out in the long run uh, as an edge rusher or at least over the next four years with that rookie contract be an inexpensive depth option at edge rusher so solid pick there then fourth round you did go and get a tight end Luke Schumacher. I think that's a really interesting pick because I like Schumacher as in that range, that fourth, that fourth round range. I know some people are probably thinking, wait a minute, they signed, they re-signed Zach Gentry. Why are you getting another tight end? Well, I think Connor Hayward's going to maybe be flexing more to that H-back role where he's going to be kind of playing more of what Derek Watt did, playing more fullback, playing off the ball. And Schumacher would be a more traditional tight end who you could plug in there as the third guy in the rotation. Pat Frymuth being your primary receiver, Zach Gentry being more of a blocker, and then Schumacher being your third tight end that you kind of go in for heavier formations. And you wouldn't even be using him that much because you're going to be relying on Frymuth and Gentry for the most part. Then with that extra fourth round pick that you pick, Picked up uh, um, from the trade with the Panthers at 132. You go and get Jacorian Bennett, really athletic cornerback that tested extremely well at the combine, along with Deontay Banks. Banks is going to be your first round pick probably uh, for a lot for some team, some team up there. Some people have the Steelers picking him at some point. I'm not so sure that the Steelers pick him. We talked about that last week with Alan Saunders talking about the potential of you know maybe. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe if they picked Deontay Banks, but he's more of a developmental player with some of the things I think he has to work on. But Jacorian Bennett, another guy, he would be a developmental player. But at fourth round, you're fine with taking that there. You've also just drafted Joey Porter Jr. So now you have two young cornerbacks that have been added to a veteran cornerback room that has Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace and a Keller Witherspoon and Arthur Mollett. And you have these guys who are going to be able to help mold them and say, hey, this is what you need. This is what we need you for. You also have Minka Fitzpatrick leading the entire secondary. I think it's a good place to put two young corners. Again, doubling up a cornerback, I think really works out. Then with Diago's final pick, safety, Brandon Hill out of pit. You know, I'm a Brandon Hill guy. He is explosive. He's quick. He's physical. Um, he tested very well at the combine, ran the ran the fastest 40 of all safeties. Um, and I think that he'd be a good fit for the Steelers as far as a developmental safety who could come in, you know, challenge, uh, challenge uh, Trey Norwood for some snaps, be a, be a contributor on special teams and be a good athlete to have. Of course, with the signing of Keanu Neal, I don't think that he'd have to play too much. But as a seventh round pick, that'd be a heck of a move, though. I will say I think that Brandon Hill might have tested his way out of the seventh round and maybe up into the sixth, fifth, maybe even fourth round if teams are thirsty. I have been uh, approached by other locked on hosts who were considering him maybe even as high as a day two pick. But that's a whole nother story altogether. But point being. Thiago, congratulations on winning Mock Draft Monday. Again, his picks, Joey Porter Jr. in the first round, cornerback there. Uh, second round, Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. 
Also, Matthew Bergeron, the tackle out of Syracuse. Then third round, Keanu Benton, the defensive lineman out of Wisconsin, and the edge rusher, KJ Henry, out of Clemson. Fourth round, with the, again, we got the, you know, this again, Thiago getting two picks in the second, two picks in the third, two picks in the fourth, maximizing on value here. Luke Schumacher, tight end out of Michigan in the fourth, along with cornerback Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland in the fourth as well. And then finally, with the one remaining seventh round pick after trading that away, he takes Brandon Hill to safety out of the University of Pittsburgh. Now, all that being said, congratulations to Thiago. But again, y'all made it tough. We had a lot of we had a lot of uh, submissions from both Facebook and Twitter. It was a tough contest, and keep doing it. We'll be keep doing this all the way up to draft week. Only a couple more left with draft week with draft, the first day of the draft approaching with April twenty seventh that Thursday going on. But we have a lot more to talk about until then. We got a lot more questions calling in. I'm here in Miami for about another day, so we'll you'll still still see me here on the next episode. But thanks again to everyone who tuned into the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're at post-gazette.com. I cover the Pitt Panthers, where I've also done some, some, some work exploring some of those Pitt athletes and what they and how they did in their pro day. You can also check up on all things Pitt sports there, but you can also check out this show, the Locked On Steelers podcast, every day, Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers because we're, we we, uh, we hope that's your first, your first listen every day because we are your team every day. And again, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. Thanks again for checking in. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here at the Locked On Steelers Podcast.